Hey, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Ecom Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier, founder and CEO of Wicked Reports. Today, I have with me Aaron Zakowski, the founder of Zamo Digital, a Facebook ads agency specializing in growing trial and demo signups for fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. Aaron has profitably managed millions of dollars in ad spend on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Google for clients like InVision, DigitalOcean, Lessonly, Brandfolder, and many more. He is also the host of the SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast, of which I'm a subscriber, listener, and was once a guest. Sure. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. I appreciate it. Hey, Scott. Happy to be on. I want to get right into it today. Yeah. You're running traffic for some well-known SaaS brands, but I was like, you know, it helps people to know the backstory. How did you get to this point? Yeah. So the truth is I've been running Facebook ads for a long time. I think I probably started back in 2009, 2010, like right around the time that it started. Just, you know, had an opportunity to test it with a nonprofit that I was doing some freelance work with. Started having some success, started doing it more and more, working with all kinds of different clients back then. But then uh, someplace around 2014 or so, I got a... Uh, a LinkedIn message out of the blue from this guy named Clark Valberg, who turned out to be the, the CEO and founder of InVision. Um, and basically, long story short, ended up hiring me to run their ads. You know, we had that engagement for about two and a half years. We were running ads for them, had some great success, um, just kind of opened the doors into the, the SaaS industry, which is a little bit different. You know, most people in the Facebook ad space, I guess, you know, they're kind of e-commerce and lead gen and stuff like that. You know, I've kind of carved out this niche, I think, very much thanks to the InVision engagement that we had. Um, specializing in SaaS and just opened a lot of doors and just really loved the community and had some good successes. And here we are. That's nice. Yeah. I like how when it organically just kind of, you know, there's always some sort of organic story to how people start because they have a need or because they're practicing and then it turns into, you know, a business. Right. Always a cool uh, background. So your specific niche is SaaS. How did you come to focus on it? Did you dabble in any other niches or niche? I say niche, you know, people say niche, whatever. Yeah. How did you happen to settle on that being your like wheelhouse area? Yeah. So, you know, when I started off my, my marketing career, it was, I mean, I, I, I started off just, you know, affiliate marketing, kind of like everybody else doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It wasn't really working. I was in your marketing jack of all trades. And like I said before, you know, kind of got into Facebook ads really early, just, you know, testing some things. Um, I've done e-commerce, I've done lead gen, I've done, you know, at the beginning, it was just getting likes for pages. Um, and like I said, you know, we were early on Facebook, they were some of the tools that exist today didn't even exist back then that, that we're used to uh, and that we take for granted right now. But uh, the InVision opportunity that, that that we had when it just kind of landed in our lap, you know, I still don't even know exactly how they found me back then, but it opened up a lot of doors. Like I said, we, we really had, you know, success, built a good reputation. Um, and a lot of, you know, leads that came through throughout the years after that said, well, if you work with InVision, well, then, you know, you're good enough for us and we'd love to try you out. And, you know, that led to some other great, you know, big engagements, you know, companies like DigitalOcean, you know, who's, you know, now public and, you know, billion dollar company. And so, you know, it's just been a, a wild ride. And, you know, we still do some clients that aren't SaaS, but um, it's really just been a fun niche and, and a unique niche that helps us stand out in a market and a little bit more of a, a blue ocean when so many other Facebook specialists and agencies are are focused more on e-commerce and things like that. What do you? What are the uh, these SaaSes struggling with most? Would you say? Yeah, so I think this the challenge that SaaS companies have a little bit when it, when it comes to to paid ads, but I think really any sources. You know, the, the way that they work is that it, it's kind of like a lead gen situation in terms of their funnel, where they're trying to get you know a free trial sign up, or maybe it's someone to sign up for for a demo to kind of talk to their sales team. 
Um, and essentially, that's just a lead. It's not actually a purchase yet. You know, if you think about, you know, in the e-commerce world, it's really easy to know what's working because, you know, from the time someone clicks, in a relatively short window of time, that they, they've added the cart and they've made a purchase and you know it's working and then the cash flow is kind of in your bank already. And, and, and not only that, but Facebook's tools are kind of built around uh, e-commerce, right? In the SaaS world, it's not so simple because, you know, we use paid ads to, to acquire that lead. Again, like I said, a free trial or, or demo request in most cases. Um, but that's only the start of the journey that that potential customer has before they actually become a paying customer for our clients. Um, you know, at that point, you know, they've got their free trial, whether it's seven days, 30 days, whatever it might be. Um, our clients, the SaaS companies, then need to actually convert those people to become a paying customer. Or if they sign up for a demo, they actually need to get on a call, um, talk to a sales team, and then you know sign a contract to use the software, right? So I think the challenge that a lot of companies have is you know we can get them a lot of pre-qualified trials, um, but we need to then ultimately you know work with the company to make sure those people are actually turning into paid customers and generating revenue for for the SaaS companies as well. Yeah, we, we don't do a free trial, but I find that um, quality of the customer is super important. So if yeah. we get a ton of leads or some gimmicky thing that gets a bunch of sales to pop up, but at a low discount rate or some, you know, if people buy for the wrong reasons and they're not an ideal customer, it's not going to pan out long term, no matter how excited your short term, you know, you might be able yeah. to get short term numbers. And I think it's one of the tricky things about, about SaaS, you know, again, e-commerce, they're going to buy the product. They're not going to buy the product on, on, on SaaS, you know, you, on Facebook, they don't have intent. They're not looking for your product. They're not necessarily thinking about the, uh, the problems that the software solution is going to be able to solve. So in Google, for example, someone searches for a solution, you know, there's high intent there and they're probably going to convert, but you know, the competition there is, is quite high. You know, in this situation where you, where you put an offer in front of somebody and they might sign up for the free trial or they might sign up for a demo, you know, they may forget about it, you know, 10 minutes later. And then, you know, once those emails start coming, telling them to onboard and use the software or actually get a book a call, you know, they've kind of cooled down a little bit. They're not quite as interested anymore. And I think that's one of the challenges. You know, Facebook allows companies to scale in ways that they can't on, on Google, for example. So Google, there might be very limited search volume because people don't necessarily know that they have the problem that a particular software might help them to solve. Um, so they're not necessarily doing that Google search, right? So companies have a challenge in scaling in that way if there isn't that um, that many people looking for for their solution. So Facebook gives the opportunity to really scale much greater to acquire leads at a much lower cost. But then the flip side is that those leads might have lower intent and not convert at quite quite as high rates. So usually when a client's coming on with us or we're doing some sales and strategy calls, you know, if someone tells me, hey, we can convert, you know, 10% of leads, we can convert to sales. You know, I usually want to tell them, okay, well, this is Facebook. So let's, let's cut that in half, just be on the conservative side and assume that you're going to have a lower conversion rate just because the intent isn't quite as high with those leads. So then, yeah, because I, I mean, I found that our funnel was, you know, had unique points. You know, we, of course, we need new leads, but then we need the booked call. Yeah. Like marketing's got to get the booked call, but then it's on, we have more of a sales orientated structure where we're going to close them with a salesperson after they've inbound decided to make the, you know, make that decision to, to book the call. Yep. You find that the, um, is the free trial funnels a little different, but do you then maybe have to partner with the, or it's almost like the CS or however they're doing the in-app onboarding is very important. Right. Or do they have, do they have sales teams that jump in in some cases that you kind of partner with on lead quality or how do you, how do you flush that out? Yeah, so there's, there's generally, you know, two categories. There's, you know, the, the product-led SaaS company where it's, you know, free trial, typically a, a lower monthly cost for the product. It might be 50 bucks a month, $100 a month, where the LTV isn't necessarily 
there to support a sales team kind of paying those salaries to get somebody into the sales process. Or you've got a higher priced, um, you know, more mid-market or enterprise type software where there is a sales team leading and they're usually going to have a, a higher LTV. We have had situations where it's kind of been kind of a hybrid model where it could be a, a free trial, but then a sales team actually will, will go and qualify those needs as they come through. And if they see, you know, hey, there's some bigger companies here that are signing up for trials, they'll have their, their SDRs or their sales team, you know, jump into the into the process there in the middle as well. But it's, it's usually one or the other. And and often that's dictated by pricing on the product, LTV of the product, and so other things like that. I mean, based on that, then how do you, uh, what, what SaaS strategies work best? Because I know you've got multi-channels you run in, then this email, demos, trials. How do you tie it all together into a cohesive, you know, demand generation? What's like right. the process or framework? Yeah. So, you know, in most cases, we are going to work with the context of what the, the, the client's company has built. So if, if they're running free trial, we're not going to convince them to go to demos. And if they're doing, you know, demos, we're not going to convince them in most cases to, to change their business model and go to free trial. So we work with what they have. Um, in most cases, some of the errors and mistakes we find people doing is they're kind of following what I guess a lot of the, the gurus say, if, you know, at the top of the funnel, you're building interest, you may be running video view objective, you may be doing content promotion. And, and we've kind of found that that doesn't work terribly well at the top of the funnel. At the top of the funnel, we want to be sending people towards the actual product to sign up for the free trial or sign up for the demo. But it's really important that the, the messaging is crystal clear in terms of the, the offer and the landing page and, and the ad and all, and all those things. Um, so that when someone is actually signing up, they, they understand what they're signing up for and what the benefit's going to be and why they, they really do need this product right now. And hopefully the product actually does really provide a solution to, to a, um, a strong pain that, that, that somebody has. Um, but then after that point, if we can get them to sign up, you know, we want to make sure that, that our clients have a process in the back end for, for following up quickly, for making sure they've got a good email automation sequence, making sure that inside the product, um, they make it sticky, they make it as easy to onboard and start using the product and getting benefit out of the product in as meaningful a way as possible, as quickly as possible, right? Um, and we'll try to support the process as well with, with additional ad funnels with, at, at different stages. So, you know, obviously, if someone doesn't sign up on our top of funnel campaigns, we're going to retarget them. But if someone actually does sign up, we're going to do a, what we call, you know, a, a bottom of the funnel campaign, which is they've already signed up for, for the trial and demo. But we want to run some ads actually now just to kind of continue to sell them on the product, even though we're not trying to get them to convert and sign up anymore. We want to send them webinars. We want to send them important blog posts. We want to send them a getting started guide. But whatever pieces of content that that the company might have that will help push people over the edge to adopt and, and onboard and use the product or to make sure they actually do get on the call. And, and those types of campaigns could run on a really, really small budget because you're targeting a really, really small audience in those situations. Um, but the goal being just to make sure that we're convincing people that there's really benefit here that they want to move forward with this process. When we found that, you know, a lot of time you get caught up a couple of years with your own product, and then you're trying to think of new hooks instead yeah. of just... Like in our case, we provide accurate marketing attribution for e-commerce. Like, just say that. <laughs> it's not exciting, yeah. but when people come to the page, they got to know, like, what the hell do we even do? <laughs> not, right. not some elaborate marketing pain point story. Yeah. Know? So I, I know Wicker Reports. I know what you guys do. And I know you provide a ton of value to, you know, a lot of your customers. But but explaining that really quickly when someone's got that really short attention span, you know, scrolling through their, their, their Facebook feed or even when they're coming onto a landing page and they're just going to try and assess is this for me or not in just a couple of seconds before they decide, you know, to read more or to bounce, right? But but to explain a somewhat complex but but very important process like Wicked Reports has is is complicated. And then that's one of the struggles that we have. Yep, it is. It's it's tricky. What um so you've got to you you do a lot of different channels, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, LinkedIn, Google, Facebook, Insta. 
Yeah. How do you, uh, you know, so do you map out like a, a, an ideal journey among the channels? Do you crisscross targeting? Because, I mean, obviously a multi-channel platform, multi-platform strategy is important. I mean, yeah. not doing that is just leaving money on the table. But how do you, because I mean, usually people are siloed. They know one part pretty well and there's just definite technical expertise in each one that you need to divvy sure. up. But the messaging and the strategy idea kind of fold that into one cohesive thing that because that, that's challenging to do yeah i think so as an agency we're, we're fortunate enough that you know we, we can hire people that could specialize in, in the different platforms better so you know i've always been a facebook ads guy you know that's that's my background you know i've gotten pretty strong in linkedin ads over the past couple of years as well like that's my probably my, my second favorite platform but you know when we bring on a, a client you know we really can't offer a one-size-fits-all solution I, I think that's a, a little bit more possible in the e-commerce world where you know most people working on shopify and it's just kind of like there's pretty even easy strategies that can apply to, to most companies or, or maybe i'm wrong because i'm not an e-commerce guy but <laughs> in our situations different b2b markets you know sometimes you might be going after you know only the fortune 500 which means there's only 500 companies out there that you want and within each of those companies there's only a couple decision makers so it's, so it's a very very small market Right. In other situations, you know, Envision, for example, we're going after every graphic designer on the planet, right? That's a huge market that we could be going after. So we try to address from the beginning, who are we going after and where's the best way to find them? A lot of people question, you know, is, is Facebook a good platform for B2B? Well, it's a good platform for people, right? Everybody's on Facebook as much as maybe there's a bit of a decline and maybe some people are, you know, less excited about the experience in Facebook lately, but, you know, there's still so many billions of people on there. The people that you're going after, unless you're just going after, you know, that really, really tiny market, um, they're all there, right? Depending on which platform is going to give us the, the, the best way to reach the right audience, um, what what's the total, total um, cost we could pay to acquire customers? So, for example, if, if a customer is looking for or one of our clients, for example, is looking for a customer at $500,000 that they need to acquire a customer for, well, then Facebook might be the best play because we're going to get the lowest cost leads over there. Um, if they've got you know, a $5,000 plus value to a customer, well, then LinkedIn might be an opportunity. LinkedIn's you know, a great way to reach you know, B2B people based on a lot of targeting segments that aren't really available to us anymore on Facebook. You, know, you could target by by job title, by company size, by industry, et cetera. And, and that it's just more expensive over there on LinkedIn. So we're going to assess it based on the, the economics of, of the company that we're working with. Does LinkedIn make sense for them based on, can, can we reach the right person and can we do it at a cost that's actually profitable for them? Um, same thing on Google. You know, are, Is there significant in, um, search volume for the solution that, that somebody's providing? And, and what's the competition going to be like over there? Can we even afford to play in that game? Or do we maybe just need to go for you know, some branded search and things like that? So essentially, the different platforms, um, we're just trying to figure out which ones work based on where can we find the customers that, that a particular company is going after? And what, what do we expect the cost to be within those platforms? And then we figure out you know, what could work. You know, some of the things, you know, Pinterest, Snapchat, TikTok, not going to be quite as relevant in, in the B2B space, um, depending on how niche you know someone's going after. If we're just looking for small business owners, you know, something kind of broad like that, well then maybe maybe those platforms can work. But but typically they're not things that we work with too much in the B2B space. The Apple Facebook data wars, you know, uh, IDFA came out, thrown some people for a loop. Now iOS 15's on the horizon. Yep. How's that impacted you, if at all? And how's the how's the customer base been dealing with the you know the measurement challenges? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely still working. You know, Facebook ads definitely still work, um, but it's a lot more it's a lot more work to make it profitable. Um, you know, myself, my background before I got into marketing, I was actually an, a CPA, an accountant. I used to work at Deloitte as an auditor in the financial industry. So I'm, I'm a data geek. I'm an Excel geek. You know, I like to get as much data as I can and then be able to use that to tell a story. So 
obviously we have a lot less data coming from Facebook than we used to. You know, it used to be, you know, a year ago, I would export as much data as I can, throw it into Excel, run pivot tables, trying to find as many opportunities as I can and, and hear the story that the data is telling me. You know, we don't we don't have that anymore. You know, same thing on the conversion side. You know, we all know that there's delayed reporting. We've only got a seven-day, you know, attribution window. So we can't see as many conversions that are coming through longer term. And that definitely presents challenges for us, both in terms of, you know, the actual conversions that are happening, because optimization isn't quite as strong as it used to be, obviously. And then also just on the reporting and being able to attribute what's working, what's not working. Where it used to be that we would report, you know, whatever conversion our Facebook pixel is telling us, you know, that would be the number that we would make our decision on reporting back to our clients on. You know, today we're not relying so much on those numbers that are coming from the pixel. In many cases, you know, to the extent that we can, you know, we want to get into our, our clients' backend to understand, you know, in their CRM and HubSpot, whatever they might be using, you know, can we track through based on the UTMs that we're appending onto our ads, you know, how many actual leads are being captured, you know, in the CRM and, and, and in their sales system. And then comparing that number back to, you know, what is Facebook saying? Is, is there a discrepancy between the, the, the pixel counter conversions and the actual conversions we're seeing in the CRM? And if there is, then we're going to try and just, you know, run that, you know, well, how much do we spend on Facebook? How many leads are being attributed in the CRM um, back to Facebook? Um, and then let's kind of just do the math over there and use that as the ultimate source of truth for us. It's interesting because the measurement can still work if you do it yourself. Yeah. And then it's your edge, particularly top of the funnel where Facebook, you know, we see this more in e-com. I think with the SaaS longer cycle, maybe you can get more so-so accuracy. But with e-com, where the top of the funnel click to the bottom funnel sales usually definitely longer than a week, mm-hmm. uh, or, or if it's even within a week, Facebook's going to prioritize the most uh, the sale, and if and it's going to model it and it's going to delay it. So if you actually have accurate data, it's a huge edge because the competition line on Facebook just doesn't have it. So it's interesting the way you. Yeah, piecing it together. That's the, the challenge, though, is that a lot of sales happen offline. So in e-commerce sense, again, you know, it's still going to happen through the website. So in theory, it is trackable. In many of the cases with our clients, the sale is going to happen through a sales team, where it's not happening online; it's happening offline. And and in those situations, sometimes the sales teams might just create a new record and they don't tie it back to the original lead that came through. So mm-hmm. we might have gotten a lead, you know, on the first of a month, and it's tied to certain UTM parameters. And then 30 days, 60 days, 90 days later, a sale actually closes offline. And that salesperson might just enter a new record and not connect the dots. And then we actually don't know where that sales came from. Now, obviously, our clients, when we make them aware of these problems, they try and do everything they can to fix it. But it just takes, you know, discipline and making sure that their teams are, are doing everything they're supposed to do. And you know, when those get fixed, we suddenly see a much better return on our on our ads than we had previously. But it's often a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, plus like uh, they might buy with billing at domain.com and they demoed with their, you know, Scott at the domain.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's a killer. <laughs> so with iOS 15, what do you think? Is this, this is the sky falling or somewhere in between or how are you preparing to deal with anything there? Yeah, so to be honest, I, I haven't been as up on, on the, the 15 changes as, as I probably should be at this stage. What what our general approach has been within within our agency is, just stay the steady course, you know, what we've been doing now for years, you know, at least five plus years I've been running the agency and 10 years I've been running Facebook ads. Um, what's been working for the last few years is, is still working. And that's just focusing on creative product market fit and making sure you're targeting the right people. Obviously, Facebook's giving us less control even over our targeting these days that by kind of automatically, you know, applying, you know, expand audience and things like that. But, um, you know, just kind of sticking to the basics of, of good marketing, demand gen, building a brand, product market fit, all those things. Um, to the extent that we can get good clients and good companies to work with that have those things kind of in order, Facebook ads work, you know, they, it's getting harder, 
Um, to some extent, that that makes it, it better because um, you know the, the barriers to entry for for more freelancers and agencies to be popping up is very very small in our industry. You know, any any kid with a laptop can be competition. But the harder that this gets, you know, less and less of those people will will get involved. They'll just start uh, investing in, in cryptos and NFTs instead of getting into Facebook ads <laughs> these days, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's good for us because, you know, if, if we've got the patience and we've got the experience and if we've got the processes in place just to keep chipping away, be as systematic and scientific as possible within our testing, we've got a great creative team. You know, those are the things that are going to win long term, even if it's a little bit harder than it used to be. It's great. You know, this has been awesome. I guess where can people find, learn more about you or connect with you or see if uh, they're a good fit for you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, definitely feel free to connect on, on LinkedIn, Aaron Zakowski. Um, I do my, my uh, blogging and all my writing and content goes to my blog at AaronZakowski.com. And definitely uh, feel free to check out, if you're interested in SaaS, my, my podcast, The SaaS Marketing Superstars. Great. Thanks for your time, Aaron. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Scott.